Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. For months now, European Union officials have wanted to cut a trade deal with the United States that would give their automakers access to a large chunk of the electric vehicle tax credits in the Inflation Reduction Act. But reaching that agreement is taking longer than expected, and it appears that talks may drag out into the summer. The EU has been pressing for an agreement that would allow electric car batteries made with European critical minerals to receive U.S. tax benefits. That doesn't work for the Biden administration, though, which is under immense pressure from Congress to broker an agreement that includes real commitments to fortify the supply of critical minerals. So today we chat with Politico's Stephen Overly on why the U.S. is pumping the brakes on an EU car deal. It's Monday, May 22nd. So this all stems from the U.S. passing the Inflation Reduction Act last year, which basically created billions of dollars in tax incentives for green technology, particularly electric vehicles. And a provision in that law essentially states that electric vehicle batteries must be made with critical minerals that have been harvested or processed either in the U.S. or a country with which the U.S. has a free trade agreement. So the problem is that the EU is not one of the countries with which the U.S. has a free trade agreement. And essentially, that leaves EU automakers out potentially of access to some of these tax credits. That's been a huge issue for the EU. They've essentially accused the U.S. of being protectionist and undermining sort of Europe's own manufacturing capabilities. And so they've essentially been pushing to create an agreement between the U.S. and the EU that will make automakers eligible for these tax credits. Back in March, President Biden and EU President Ursula von der Leyen agreed that they would come to some type of solution. And those negotiations have been ongoing ever since. Right. And so what are the major sticking points for both sides in reaching a deal? Part of the challenge here is the way the U.S. law is written the U.S. has to have a free trade agreement with these partner countries. And so whatever agreement the U.S. and the EU reach needs to essentially be called and treated as a free trade agreement. That creates a lot of kind of logistical complexities because traditionally free trade agreements kind of undergo a very lengthy approval process. You know, here in the U.S., for instance, traditional free trade agreements have to be approved by Congress. That's not what the Biden administration and the EU are trying to do here. They're trying to reach a deal that doesn't require those lengthy kind of approval processes. And so they're kind of having to be creative in how they characterize this agreement and the content that goes into it. So, for instance, one of the big sticking points is that the EU does not want an agreement that is legally binding. They want something kind of less formal that, again, doesn't need to be a go through a lengthy approval process. The problem for the Biden administration is that they've gotten a lot of pushback to agreements like that in the recent past. And so they're very insistent that any deal they reach with the EU does have binding commitments on trade and does seriously kind of address concerns about the supply chain for electric vehicle batteries and critical minerals. So that's a very fundamental thing, right? How significant and how binding is this deal? 
And so far, the two sides have not agreed on that. And these negotiations come after the U.S. made a deal with Japan that the EU says could be a model here. But U.S. lawmakers have objected to that deal. And you have some reporting on how Congress has delivered that message. So how is the political dynamic in the U.S. influencing this round of talks? That's right. So quickly, Japan was also a country that was sort of left out of these tax credits under the Inflation Reduction Act and was able to very quickly negotiate an agreement with the U.S. on critical minerals. And so that, I think, created a lot of optimism, particularly in the EU, that a deal between the U.S. and European Union could also be reached very quickly. There are two sort of reasons why that has not happened. One, the U.S. does have a pre-existing trade agreement with Japan. It's not quite a comprehensive free trade agreement, but essentially, you know, the Biden administration was able to make the case that Japan can kind of qualify for the tax credits because of this pre-existing deal. The EU does not have a deal like that. So they're really starting from scratch here. That brings us kind of to the other factor at play, which is Congress. There's a lot of tension right now between Congress and the Biden administration when it comes to trade. Lawmakers feel quite strongly that their authority to set the direction of trade policy and to sign off on trade deals has really been undermined by the Biden administration. And so after the Japan deal was announced, there was a lot of criticism from Congress, and they very directly sort of told the administration that this cannot happen again. Any future deals that give trade partners access to U.S. tax credits need to be more binding, need to have sort of stronger commitments that actually have real trade benefits for the U.S. That message, at least in in some ways, has been received by the administration. And so I think they are very cognizant of getting further kind of backlash from Congress as they approach these negotiations with the EU. And so what's the timeline for negotiations, considering things haven't been going smoothly? We know EU and U.S. trade officials are meeting in Sweden at the end of the month. How long could negotiations stretch out and what are the odds of a deal actually getting done? That's right. There's this meeting May 30th and 31st in Sweden of the US-EU Trade and Technology Council. There was some hope, especially coming out of Brussels, that a deal would be reached in time for that meeting. That's looking very unlikely at this point, you know, unless the two sides can really kind of break through this impasse. If that kind of meeting comes and goes, these negotiations are expected to kind of carry out through the summer. I think the EU especially wants to get to a deal quickly. You know, the U.S. also would, I think, like to see this trade dispute resolved. But the reality is they're trying to work through some very thorny problems, and it does not seem like a solution is going to come together as quickly as they were hoping. Also, a bipartisan group of senators has started holding talks and pursuing a broad permitting agreement outside the confines of debt ceiling negotiations. The four senators are Energy Chair Joe Manchin and Environment and Public Works Chair Tom Carper, along with the ranking members of those panels, Republicans John Barrasso and Shelley Moore Capito. As I reported ahead of the weekend, the group met Thursday morning to discuss negotiating a bipartisan permitting deal over the next few months through regular order. Their talks come as House Republicans have been pushing to include a modest set of permitting changes alongside any agreement with the White House to raise the federal debt ceiling by early June. But with that deadline fast approaching, the senators are aiming to maintain the political momentum surrounding permitting reform. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. 
and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Brickmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.